0: Hidden Palms, The Price is Right, Stargate SG-1, and the greatest series finale ever? Stay tuned. Hello once again, I am Trevor Kimball, and welcome to the TV series finale update for June 23rd, the year 2007. Thank you so much for joining me. First up is what everybody was talking about last week, of course, The Sopranos. The end of the very, very popular HBO series. Now, everybody who was watching it, I'm sure you thought, at least for a second, that your power or your cable went out at 10.03. Did you actually see the end of The Sopranos? Not as many people as one might think did. So if you didn't, here's a short synopsis of what happened. Sitting in a quiet diner, a very nervous Tony Soprano waits to meet his family and flips through the counter jukebox in his booth. He chooses the classic Don't Stop Believin' by Journey. As the song plays, each of his family members arrive separately. The tension rises every time the front door opens and closes. Who is that? Is that a fed? Carmella arrives, his wife. Wait a minute. Who is that? Ah, son AJ comes in. Is that a hitman behind him? Then daughter Meadow arrives and has a heck of a time parking her car as the tension slowly mounts in the scene. Meadow finally parks and begins to walk quickly across the street. Tony continues to eat the onion rings that he's ordered for the whole table. He hears the door open. We assume it's Meadow. He looks up. The song says, Don't stop, and everything goes black. Nothing. No sound, no picture, and America just freaks out. And A few moments later, the credits roll. Well, of all the possible scenarios, Tony dying in an all-out assault on his safe house, going to jail, having a heart attack, nobody expected this. And quite honestly, I think that's the point. In so many ways, it fits with creator David Chase's modus operandi for the entire series. The Sopranos consistently marched to the beat of its own drummer and broke the rules. How many series intentionally leave on a cliffhanger? or stranger still, with five seconds of absolutely nothing. Many people have inferred that maybe Tony was whacked, like, you know, Phil was earlier in the episode. And so then the series abruptly ended, or perhaps just life went on. It's hard to know for sure. David Chase refuses to talk about it, but he did give a few brief statements to the Newark Star-Ledger about the finale. He said, quote, I have no interest in explaining... Fending, reinterpreting, or adding to what is there. No one was trying to be audacious, honest to God. We did what we thought we had to do. No one was trying to blow people's minds or thinking, wow, this will tick them off. People get the impression that you're trying to mess with them, and it's not true. You're trying to entertain them. Chase added, quote, anybody who wants to watch it, it's all there, end quote. Many people think that maybe this leaves the door open for a Soprano's follow-up movie, yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath. David Chase said, quote, I don't think about a movie much. I never say never. An idea could pop into my head where I could go, wow, that would make a great movie. But I doubt it. I'm not being coy. If something appeared that really made a good Sopranos movie and you could invest in it and everybody else wanted to do it, I would do it. But I think we've kind of said it and done it. End quote. Chase has considered going back to a day in the past, maybe, say, 2006, to explore a day or a time in Tony's life that you didn't see. But he says it would be really hard to work it out, because even though he could work with some of the characters that he killed in this last season, some of the trademark characters, you would see that Tony's children are older than they are at the end of the series, and, you know, it would just cause a whole bunch of problems. And besides that, David Chase isn't looking to come back to television anytime soon. He said, quote, it's been the greatest career experience of my life. There's nothing more in television that I would say or would want to say. End quote. If you want to own a piece of The Sopranos, there's actually a legal way to do it. Various items from the production of The Sopranos and other HBO shows went up for sale earlier this week at a warehouse in Queens, New York. Fans of the series lined up early in the morning in hopes of grabbing some famous pieces from The Soprano home. Unfortunately, what they probably found is pretty ordinary pieces of antiques, books, furniture, and rugs from the New Jersey-esque sets. From all accounts, there was nothing really recognizable. But still, it's from the show, so so it could be kind of fun to own. The New York sale runs until next Monday, which is the 26th of June, and as I said, it's being held in Queens. I wonder... Do any of the items come with blood stain remover? Would you need it? I don't know. And that brings us to Veronica Mars. At the May Network upfronts, CW head Don Ostrov suggested that there was just a little bit of hope that Veronica Mars could return in some form. That possibility now seems to be dead. Series creator Rob Thomas said, quote, I'm afraid I have to report that Veronica Mars is officially dead. There's really no way that it can happen now. I'm not sure the CW should have given the glimmer of hope. End quote. Ostroff still really likes the low rated series, and in fact, renewed it twice when she headed the old UPN network. Unfortunately, this time, her hands are tied. As Thomas says, quote, At the end of the day, Don Ostrop doesn't get to make the final call. Hers is an important voice in the room, but they're the little sister company of CBS. There was a pretty strong feeling that Les Moonves, the head of CBS, didn't want to do the show. End quote. Well, this may not be the end for Veronica and the other residents of Neptune. Thomas is still interested in pursuing a feature film for the gal detective, saying, quote, I have some ambition to write a screenplay, see if I can shop that, and get it made. End quote. Series star Kristen Bell is certainly interested. She said, quote, "I'm game. I would work for Rob Thomas again in a heartbeat, not just because of his brilliance, but because he's a great guy." End quote. Well, while the full-fledged movie eh, I don't know," seems like a remote possibility at best, we may still see a fourth season of Veronica Mars, albeit in a different form. Guided by creator Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer has found new life in comics, and Veronica Mars may follow. Thomas said, quote, I think the best odds for seeing the continuation of the Veronica Mars story is in comic book form. I had a meeting with DC Comics last week. They want to do the series. I want to do the series. It's just a matter of making a deal and figuring out when I have time to write it. End quote. In the meantime, Kristen Bell is shooting the comedy film Forgetting Sarah Marshall in Hawaii, and may provide the narrator's voice for the new CW series Gossip Girl. Thomas has just been signed as the executive producer of the ABC mid-season sitcom Misguided, and word is that the show is both witty and funny, and with Rob Thomas on board, will quickly become very popular with Veronica Mars fans. And that brings us to The Price is Right. As game show fans are well aware, Bob Barker has stepped down as the host of The Price is Right. Barker taped his swan song a couple weeks ago, and it aired last Friday, first at 11 a.m., and then again at 8 p.m. on CBS. The latter showing was followed by the 34th Annual Daytime Entertainment Emmy Awards, in which Barker and the show The Price is Right picked up Emmy Awards. It's hard to believe that Bob Barker's tenure as host is over after 35 years and 6,586 shows. Or is it over? According to sources, the taping of Barker's last show went pretty much as expected. The audience, many of whom had been waiting in line for up to five days, went crazy when the 83-year-old host made his interest. Lucky contestants played old standards like Lucky 7, Plinko, Rangefinder, Double Price, and the Grocery Game. And then the last game played was also Bob Barker's first on the show. Any number. During commercial breaks, the host fielded questions from the audience, and at the end, Bob used his usual sign-off, help control the pet population, have your pet spayed or neutered, goodbye everybody, and it was over. Once the cameras stopped rolling, he told the studio attendees, I thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me into your home for more than 50 years. I'm truly grateful, and I hope that all of you have enjoyed your visit to The Price is Right. And then, something unusual happened. Barker offered to come back to work in the fall. Producers still haven't settled on a replacement for Bob Barker, and the host offered to fill in until they find someone to take his place. He said, quote, They're having trouble finding someone to do the show, and I've told members of the staff here that if they wanted me to do it for a few more months, I would do it. I don't want to walk out on CBS or the company if they're in that position because they've been too good to me, End quote. Well, needless to say, the host would be welcomed back with open arms, the CEO of Fremantle North America responded, quote, "...I am glad to know that Bob is thinking about coming back. We haven't made our final decision yet because, as you can imagine, we want to make sure that we leave no stones unturned." End quote. Producers still have several weeks to choose a replacement host. Current frontrunners are said to be Todd Newton from E!, Mark Steins of Entertainment Tonight, and George Hamilton. It's also been talk about Rosie O'Donnell and Drew Carey in the mix. Who knows? Whoever they choose, it's nice to know that Bob Barker is ready to step back into the spotlight if he's needed. And back over to The CW, let's talk about Hidden Palms. The CW has decided to finish the low-rated drama series Hidden Palms two weeks earlier than expected, but fortunately for fans, they'll still be able to see all of the filmed episodes. The show is kind of compared to the OC, and the drama was conceived by Dawson's Creek creator, Kevin Williamson. Palms was originally scheduled to begin airing in early March, but was replaced on the CW by Pussycat Dolls Present, and then postponed until May 30th. The drama debuted to disappointing ratings fewer than 1.9 million watched, and the second's episode's viewership dropped to just over 1.5 million. For now, the CW still plans to air all eight episodes, but the network is going to burn them off just as quickly as possible. Double episodes have aired on the 20th and will air on the 27th, and then the season finale will air on July 4th, a typically little-watched night of television. And coincidentally, Fox is airing the final two episodes of their canceled drama, Drive, on the same night. The network has also decided to drop Hidden Palms Sunday night encores. Reruns of Seventh Heaven have moved into Palms Place at 8 p.m., and double episodes of the sitcom Reba will fill in at 7 p.m. on Sunday nights. Though Hidden Palms has not been canceled, it's highly unlikely that the series will return for a second season. Will storylines be left unresolved by the end of the eighth episode? If the ratings fall any further, will the CW finish airing this season? Stay tuned, and we'll keep you posted. And from the drama world, we move over to the news world and CNN. Word has come down that CNN is planning to cancel its low-rated news show, Paula Zahn Now. Up against Fox News and MSNBC in the very competitive 8 p.m. time slot, Paula Zahn Now has come in quite often third place in total viewers. Newswoman Zahn has been with the network since September 11, 2001, when she joined anchor Aaron Brown to cover the tragic events of that day. She then hosted a morning program entitled American Morning with Paula Zahn and began hosting Paula Zahn Now in September of 2003. CNN is reportedly trying to woo Weekend Today's co-anchor Campbell Brown away from NBC to fill the time slot. Paula Zahn is expected to leave CNN in the fall when her contract runs out. And from there, we move over to a really, well... A strange little story. In today's high-tech world of identity theft, it seems that no one is safe, including the head of the Munsters household? Well, a Malibu, California, internet security company named Card Cops Incorporated was recently recording details of an underground chat when they saw a familiar name and address in the chat, Internet thieves were selling stolen credit card numbers and consumer information to oversee buyers. One of the names being sold was that of Herman Munster, who resides at 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Along with a false credit card number, Herman's birth year was listed as 1964, which, incidentally, is the same year that the Munsters debuted on CBS. CardCops president Dan Clements believes the information was provided by a Munsters fan... And said, quote, The identity thief thought it was good data. End quote. The buyer was probably operating from overseas, which is likely the reason he didn't spot the fictional data. Clemens continued, quote, They really stumble over our culture. He's probably not watching any reruns of the Munsters on TV land. End quote. Well, come on, guys. It's obvious that this information was fake. I mean, you know, the Munsters haven't lived in that house in years. Everybody knows that it's been taken over by some desperate housewives who renamed the street Wisteria Lane. Or at least that's what I observed when I took the Universal Studios tour. And tonight's episode of Stargate SG 1 marks the end of an era. It's the last of a series that has lasted 10 seasons and 215 episodes on not one, but two cable stations. Now, though there won't be any new weekly SG 1 adventures on sci fi, the team will be jumping through wormholes for some time to come. The series finale is entitled, appropriately enough, Unending. And without giving too much away, Major General Landry and the Stargate team find themselves trapped on board a ship in deep space. We get to see the familiar characters age and deal with decades worth of stir craziness. There's even a bit of romance, but I won't tell you who. Recalling a hint of Star Trek The Next Generation's fond farewell, it's a nice way of giving viewers just a taste of what the characters' futures could hold. And sad as the farewell may be, fans are in the unique position of knowing that their characters will continue past tonight's episode. Sci-Fi canceled SG-1 last August within hours of airing the 200th episode, but Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, who owns the franchise, knows they have a good thing going and have made plans to continue the SG-1 story. For starters, some of the SG-1 characters will be joining the spin-off series Stargate Atlantis when it returns in the fall. Amanda Tapping, who plays Lieutenant Colonel Samantha Carter, will be a series regular, and Tori Higginson, who plays Elizabeth Ware, will be a returning character. On top of that, two SG-1 movies are already in the works. The first will be called Stargate, the Ark of Truth, and will focus on the ongoing fight with the Ori. The Ark is an artifact that is capable of brainwashing someone into changing their beliefs, a handy tool to have in a war. While SG-1 searches for it in the Ori galaxy, the team learns that Ori ships will be sent through the Supergate to launch a final assault on Earth. The IOA has a plan of their own, and SG-1 ends up fighting two powerful enemies in a distant galaxy. Production of Stargate The Ark of Truth has been completed, and the DVD is expected to be released in the fall. And then the second SG-1 movie is entitled Stargate Continuum and will feature the return of Richard Dean Anderson, Jacqueline Samuda, and Cliff Simon. And the story goes like this. While the SG-1 team are attending the execution of BAL, some of the members disappear. Carter, Daniel, and Mitchell soon discover that history has been changed and the Stargate program has been wiped from history. As they try to find a way to repair the timeline a fleet of gold motherships arrives, led by Ball. Location work for this movie included several cast and crew members traveling way up north to the U.S. Navy's Applied Physics Laboratory Ice Station in the Arctic. Production of Stargate Continuum is still underway and is expected to be released on DVD prior to the end of the year. For the cast of SG-1, the transition to movies is understandably a mixed blessing. Cast member Christopher Judge jokes, quote, I don't like to actually call this series finale an ending. I prefer to call it the ending of a weekly check. But it was time for us to take this next step. We have been looking forward to doing movies for five years now. End quote. Well, if the two DVD movies do well, and I suspect that they will, you can be rest assured that the adventures of the Stargate SG-1 team are going to be continuing for a long time to come. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the TV Series Finale podcast. If you'd like to submit a question or have some feedback, you can email it to podcast at tvseriesfinale.com or you can leave a message at 213-985-1014. If you'd like to receive these podcasts automatically, you can subscribe for free via iTunes or other podcast subscription software. And don't forget to visit tvseriesfinale.com for the latest cancellation news, past podcasts, videos, and details on the last episodes of your favorite shows. I'm Trevor Kimball, and until next time, stay tuned.